Sam Heim, put my microphone levels into the red. It is episode 20 of GQ Styles Corporate Lunch Podcast. Will Welch, Noah Johnson. Episode 20, Noah, we did it. What up? I'm so proud of what we've done. Do you think that we should? this should be it? Should we stop? <laughs> Hang it up? Like, we've been talking about getting to episode 20, but I just, we haven't talked about whether or not 20 is enough. I don't know if we're done, but it might be time to release, like, a greatest hits album, like a compilation. <laughs> Maybe if someone wants to do a book on our achievements. <laughs> Uh, a Tashin book. Yeah, exactly. Several thousand pages. It's going to be the one that comes with its own little music stand. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. An easel. Move over, Mr. Testino. We've, <laughs> the corporate lunch tome is coming in. Let's go. Uh, we are Today we're going to discuss um, contemporary fashion insanity. Right. Everything is cool all at once. Yeah. Any You can wear anything from any era all together, all at once. Eccentricity is the thing. Is the new in all forms. Dressing. Yeah. Eccentricity is the new dressing. That's right. So yesterday we were just going about our normal business, shipping the spring issue of GQ Style. Wow, what a good issue! It's, it is in many ways my favorite issue yet. It's amazing. Well, that's coming out in late Feb. Keep your eyes peeled. Soon. Get your wallet ready that's because soon. we're going to ask you to pay for it. Yep. Cost money. Money. Money for print magazines. Anyway, we were busy shipping the spring issue. That means finishing it and sending it to the printer. Mm -hmm. And um, we happened upon a little conversation last night. Can you can you <laughs> share that with the people? I don't remember how it came up, but I had observed. What I don't remember what I was thinking about, but I, I just occurred to me that it was not. I got a pair of shoes in the mail. Oh, that's, that's right. That's what started it. Yeah, Will had this pair of uh, streamlined, clean. Uh, uh, high-end black sneakers on the floor in his office, and I observed that they looked like... They just turned up. Let's they, be real. Yeah. They looked like common projects, Achilles. Yeah. The famous, a very famous uh, fashion shoe. High-quality make, made in Italy. One of the first really sort of like premium-level uh, high-style sneakers made by like an independent brand. Yeah. It's like the... It's one of the... Not OG, like talking about the 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 Margiela sneaker, right? But of that recent wave, it's kind of like the OG fashion sneaker. Definitely, the I would, it's the graphic designer sneaker. I would wager excellence. Correct, <laughs> I, and I would wager a bet that almost every all corporate lunch listeners probably know what this sneaker is. It's the like that. I almost said the corporate lunch Achilles, <laughs> the common projects Achilles. Yeah, it's we like haven't sneaker. released our first sneaker yet. But. It does it as one time I was interviewing John Tuitu of APC fame, and I was we were talking about his famous five pack pocket selvage denim jean. Yep. And I said, you know, we were talking about like jeans more broadly, and then I was like, all right, John, let's get into like the details of the APC jean. And he was like, as you know, Will. It has no details. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, you're awesome. I was like, this interview is over. Let's I'm gonna drop my tape recorder, you drop the phone, and then I'll drop the phone and you know. That's some aspirational shit. As you know, no details. Corporate lunch has no details. <laughs> it's just a podcast. It does what a podcast yeah, does. That's why he sold like a billion pairs. Yeah. I bought them. Um and you might say common projects, Achilles have no details, which is what appealed to them. Yeah, I mean, what, 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 what yeah, thanks. That's why so I brought much. it up. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Oh, I get it now. I thought we were, <laughs> that's, that's why I told that story. <laughs> I thought we were gonna start talking about jeans now. It wasn't just riffing. <laughs> uh, okay, so here's the crazy thing 
you look at the sort of like fashion landscape today. What so okay? What happened was every brand started making a version of the Achilles. Right. It was like universal. Everyone had to have this like simple tennis lace up tennis shoe thing yep. in one color. Um, and you look at what's happening today, and you still see those like sort of tucked away on the shelf somewhere. I think brands are still making money off that style of sneaker. But what you see being promoted and talked about is the complete opposite. The famous. Balenciaga triple S. <laughs> Still haven't true. gotten my pair yet, but um, it's it's true. We can actually talk about this in GQ style terms. In in uh, in GQ style issue number one, when we were just a neophyte magazine trying yeah. trying to find our way in the magazine universe, right? Uh, the first spread of the first issue, which was actually about Rimowa suitcases, yeah. had sitting there on the on the floor in the photo next to this beautiful line of Rimowas, a pair of Common Project That's Achilles. Right. The yeah. idea being like, you all know the Achilles. Well, this is the Achilles of suitcases, right. and you need one or mm-hmm. five or whatever. That's issue number one. So that's spring of 2016. Yeah. Cut to holiday. 2017 the current issue with asap rocky on the cover and what is rocky wearing in the cover story but a pair of triple s which looks like somebody took a chainsaw to 74 pairs of common project achilles and then glued them all together i mean at best in in another sense there's there's almost no relationship between the two pieces of footwear they're both sneakers they're both fashion sneakers neither of them have any like performance purpose of any sort yeah but like there couldn't be further from you know they have nothing to do with each other basically and what this is ladies and gentlemen of of the corporate lunch universe is an allegory for the fashion moment that we are currently experiencing where the to, to trace the arc in recent months what we've done is we've left good taste behind in the dust yeah and what we've moved to is just like unbridled enthusiasm um uh mixed with like some intensity and some craziness yeah and that is how we've gotten to this moment where like anything goes. Yeah. Anything goes. Good taste is no longer interesting. Or in, in taste. And it's no longer in taste. It's no longer like a barrier for entry. No you know, you don't need that sort of like as a, a benchmark or something to, to enter, to be like a participant. Yeah. I mean, one of the great figures of our time is famous for saying, um, there's nothing worse than too much good taste. Who said that? Me. <laughs> One of the <laughs> preeminent thinkers on the subject. I, I go around issuing forth statements like this, and <laughs> nobody writes them down. Nobody blogs them. Nobody puts them in tome. You know what I mean? It's a little disappointing to yeah. me, but I, it is something I'm um, famous to myself for saying. But that's what happened. We. It seems like at some point in the maybe around two years ago, I don't know. That's arbitrary. But th- we we reached a point of too much good taste. Yeah, I mean, what the, the only thing worse than too much good taste is uh, too much good taste in the form that I like to call. I mean, this is another this is another thing that somebody should have blogged. Uh, Copenhagen coffee shop, right? Which is an aesthetic, you know. And the, uh, the it was just like you couldn't walk into a store or coffee shop or a restaurant or anything in Brooklyn without seeing like. Um, all white everything, a natural wood, yeah. uh, a really minimal natural wood countertop, yeah. and then like six sprockety lights, <laughs> you know, little white bulbs. And it was just like too much. It was like minimal. It was almost like the absence of of any design was standing in for like genius design. Right. And it was so dumb. Yeah. And it's so over. It lingers, but it feels I mean, dead when you, know you encounter I, it. I don't. I don't mean that you don't see it anymore. Yeah. I just mean it's like yeah. it's just not cool. 
As much as it was ever cool, it is no longer cool. So uh, the thing that I've been thinking about lately that sort of puts this into perspective is like I was looking at um, street style photos from, you know, Friends of the Pod, Phil O and Tommy Ton and all them from the past this past season that just went down. Shout out to the homies on the street. Super Friends of the Pod. And in a way, like in a way, I was like, damn, like style is so cool right now like you look at the things people are putting together and how unusual it is and then i was like i don't know though like everyone is sort of eccentric in the same exact way yeah there's like a homogenization that happens you know like with every phase of style that rolls through and there's a certain sort of like it's kind of like the gucci thing you know like when it first comes out it's so exciting and then you see it and see it and see it and see it and it just like starts to lose some amount of specialness or a something. A little of the frisson. The same the same is true for me with the the Balenciaga aesthetic where people are like I'll be in various magazine related, photo shoot related conversations and people are like, We really need to push it. Yeah. Like this. And yeah. then it's like somebody wearing really normal stuff. Yeah. In a in a like edgy thrown off, this shouldn't be fashion, but it is fashion kind of way. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't yeah, that doesn't feel like it's pushing it. I feel like we're we're five seasons of into that right <laughs> yeah totally yeah but it's the the speed at which the cycles move i mean i guess this is not a uh this is not, not revelatory in any sense that like you know fashion trend cycles move quickly but when observing it in menswear like where people like align themselves so strongly like i was um meaning like the, there's there's a movement going on and people really just sign up and get on board yeah 100 yeah. percent. and it's 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 like cultural you know it's not just like style and like how you spend your money and what you wear but it's really like it's a it's tribal you know it's it yeah. has like a whole there's a language that comes with it and a whole sort of like lifestyle that you have to subscribe to you know you have to get a tattoo on your face maybe or something and then you know you could yeah what happens that would be rough when the trend moves on, <laughs> inevitably moves on but um uh you know, but the cool thing to me about this is is because, yes, it definitely exists on, like, a street-style level and in a, like, fashion campaign level and in an independent obscure fashion magazine yeah. level in a super serious way. But I've, I've been thinking a lot about how it applies to our, as, you know, relatively, um, you know, neither of us is, like, insanely fashion advanced. Right. We're not, like, wearing the trends of the week every week. Um, it, this still totally applies. For instance, yeah. um, there was a time, like, so I started working at GQ back in 2007, and there was a time where there was just a, the, a, a fit to a GQ suit or a GQ pair of pants or jeans. It was like we were just endorsing a specific fit, yeah. and that's what it was. Yeah. This is the silhouette. It's the silhouette last month. It's going to be the silhouette next month, and either your shit fits like this or it doesn't fit at all, and you, and you need to start. It's wrong. Yeah. It's either right or it's wrong. Yeah. That couldn't be any farther from the moment that we're in right now. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning, including this morning, and I have like, you know, I don't have a ton of suits, but I've got a few suits. And not only are they, they don't all, they're not all the same suit, all with my fit. Each of them has a totally different fit. Yeah. And so not only am I selecting the suit based on the weather or the fabric uh, or the way I feel in the morning. I'm selecting it based on like, well, actually I I have so much more flexibility in terms of the way I feel in the morning because each of the suits has a different cut and a different attitude. So the, the suit I'm wearing this morning, I actually bought in 2007 and it's like kind of skinny, 
but is a classic unstructured American sex, sex suit. Yeah. Another one I have is like really vintagey old Italian made by an Italian tailor and the pocket was cut by hand with scissors. So it's like a little bit droopy and it's um, pleated and has cuffs. And then uh, I can also wear something that is just like classic. I also have a suit that's really slouchy, you know? Yeah. So in a way it's not like all that stuff is cool at once or we've you know we did the gq style pants episode that's right, right. one and, of the all-time great ups and you can wear skinny pants or you can wear double pleated pants yeah. and you can wear baggy pants yeah. and you can do that and have the same personal style every morning while selecting a completely different fit yeah and you even like observe it like we'll sit in like ideas meetings and there will be you know five or six people from the gq staff who work on the style side of things yeah. and like everyone will be dressed in a completely different manner. Absolutely. But it all feels, but somehow that it all feels connected to the moment. Yes, exactly. Somebody, yeah. Somebody will be wearing a tie and a tie bar and a suit and somebody will be wearing like the, you occasionally see like sweatpants and stuff. Definitely. In the GQ office, you, you know, yoga pants, whatever. I, it's Ultra just, casual. it's like the thing we say, you know, it's, it's an attitude. It's a, it's a sort of about like how attentive you are to your look and to your style and just like the, the enthusiasm or the grace or the whatever with which you do it. Yeah. You know, it makes me, this makes me think of something I read this morning by a friend of the pod, Rachel Tashian, who yep. writes and edits Garage Magazine. And she was writing about couture shows, but one of her observations was that style, personal style, is now a leisure activity. Maybe Damn. it sort of always has been. What does that mean? I thought that really rang true. I just think it's it's like a thing that you participate in actively like a hobby. You right. you You spend money and you put things together and you develop intentionally develop something very specific and unique to yourself uh as opposed to being sort of just like a passive participant who just buys the thing that's the right thing for the moment and wears it right until that's... it's time to get a new one there's sort of a new level or a new dimension of like participation in it and consideration that's more like a leisure activity i think i've never thought about it that way but i think that's really kind of accurate and useful i mean we we talk consistently on corporate lunch about it this being a subculture of which we are yeah. of which we are members um but to think of it as a leisure activity is almost like a hobby it's like you know um this guy's into mountain biking that guy's into clothes yeah you know yeah yeah and he's we, he collects records right which is funny it's not just like <laughs> this, this guy stands in front of the mirror and obsesses over his fits <laughs> you know it's just another day in the life of modern america it's been an interesting time for for me personally because um i've you know have often written about and talked about here on the pod like that i generally subscribe to a uniform yeah but it's just super stupid boring time to subscribe to a uniform and yeah. I, I basically don't anymore totally but i think that that doesn't necessarily mean that like you can't have any consistency or that you can't have something that's like part of your dna that lasts a long time strong right? agree you know like that's such a cool thing about it like I always like to think that, like, I wore a Carhartt vest to work today, just a normal one from the hardware store. I wore a vest like that when I was, like, 14. Yeah. And I was, like, a skate rat in yeah, yeah. New York, you know? And uh, and maybe other pieces are like, yeah, and I also wear, like, you know, these cargo pants or these flannels or whatever, but um, my look does, is, doesn't really at all relate. You know, there's no, like, consistency. I'm always sort of changing what I'm wearing and changing how things fit and whatnot, but there are things that kind of, like, stick with me that I feel like aligned with or that are my things and like that's kind of to me more the thing than just being like here's the uniform 
you make this decision now and you have it for life and you will be considered a stylish right. man for the rest of your life. It's like, I, I mean, that's one way to do it, but yeah, not, it's not, it's not so participatory. Yeah. I wouldn't call that a leisure activity. No, that's <laughs> passive. Yeah. And that just leaves me feeling cold. I don't know. I mean, someone who's just like, this is my thing and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, you you mentioned last night that you had some uh, discoveries when you were digging through your closet because oh, of a, a move. I'm moving. What's going on with your move, dude? I'm moving. I'm moving two blocks away, which is really I was going to say, I, if I know Noah Johnson, you ain't leaving Greenpoint. No, I'm not, not changing anything about my lifestyle. Are you just throwing boxes from the, the window of your current apartment it into the like window of your next apartment? It feels like I should be able to. I wish I could, but that's not the way it works. You Maybe still developing have to a move. pulley system? <laughs> Like, yeah, you still got to do the whole thing. Hire the movers and box up the boxes. But I, I did uncover uh, some past. <laughs> some forgotten Johns. Some forgotten Johns. <laughs> but, uh, like, with, with in mind what I was just saying and all this this whole thing, like, there are things from 18 months ago that I was wearing daily that I would not put on now. Right. And it, it it's not like the thing is, like, completely lost its life. Like, I still hang on to it. But it's just like, ah, it's too slim. Or, ah, like yeah. that color just like gives me a weird feeling. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Is a lot of it too slim? It's mostly is too slim, actually, yeah. if I was going to if I was gonna dial it in. That's yeah. very much what it is. And it's, that shit is extremely weird. I used to, me and my old skate fogey friends, we are always like filming each other doing tricks and making little edits. Yeah. And if I watch a skate edit from like two years ago, I'm like, God damn, my pants are tight. It's a super <laughs> weird thing. It's also weird that most people probably never really see themselves moving in their clothes. You look in the mirror. Yeah, that's true. You look in the mirror and you might see yourself in a photo, but you don't often like see how you look walking down the street. I prefer actually. not to personally. Yeah, no one I'm wants good to at, see that. I'm good on any edits of myself. <laughs> it's luckily, luckily edits aren't part of my life. It's a little bit like that thing where you where you hear your voice, people who don't normally hear their voice recorded. Yeah. And you're kind of just like cringe. You're like, that's what I sound like? Yeah. That's how my pants fit? We've gotten painfully used to what we sound like. Well, that's part of the, one of the- And you know how your pants fit. Downsides of having a podcast. It's an upside downside. <laughs> um, I w- you know what your your tale of, um, of, of Forgotten Johns made me think? What? We should do a corporate lunch yard sale. Oh, my God. With all proceeds going to charity. Let's do it. Can you imagine the Forgotten Johns in the Sam, the Sam Hine wardrobe? Oh, it's got to be so good. I want to, yeah. A lot, a lot of, of rugby. <laughs> rugby the brand or rugby shirts? Rugby the brand. Wow. R.I.P. Seriously, rest in peace to Ralph Lauren Rugby. I used to tear it up at Ralph Lauren Rugby. You could get the nicest Oxford cloth button downs that were clearly made probably at the same place where they make the polo yeah, and, yeah. and purple, like 59.50 and stuff. Did they have, I'm not going to say anything. It was awesome. People love rugby. I might get on eBay right after this. <laughs> You get a Pyrex shirt with uh, screen print on it. That's rugby. That yeah, I mean those can't be too easy to find. <laughs> so what do you guys think? The corporate lunch yard sale? Noah Yin. Yeah. Let's I'm put down. some of these forgotten Johns to work for the good of. For, I mean, for the good of those in need. We got to get them out there. I've I learned recently. We were talking. I feel about, like we should do it at the artisanal food court at Brookfield Place. Oh my God! You just think we set up lease, shop. You think we could lease a spot? Dude, in there? lease. This is corporate lunch. We're you just gonna roll up a table. Yeah, just sit a bunch of Johns on a table in the food court. We'll have a like some baked goods there maybe too. Yeah. Lemonade. I'm down. All right, let's make it happen. Should we do some vibes? Let's vibe out. How many vibe I forgot how many vibes we do. Thirteen vibes. Hit the switch, Sam Hine. Thirteen. 13.
This is the Not So Fast Lightning Round, where we share with you the vibes of the week. That's right. You're really going to have to carry the should team I go, this should time. Should I go first? You should go first, middle, and last. All right. Y'all know, everybody knows I've been riding the, the tactical luxury wave pretty hard. And <laughs> you are the tactical luxury wave. I just wave. want to... Uh, all right. First vibe is... I don't know how many people know about this, but Arcteryx Leaf? Do you know what Arcteryx Leaf is? I know what Arcteryx is, and I know what a leaf is, but I don't know what Arcteryx, Arcteryx Leaf is. Arcteryx is the, uh, the, the Canadian uh, technical apparel brand it started as a climbing brand making climbing harnesses actually and now they do all types of uh seriously dope majorly engineered gear yeah the leaf program is tactical combat uniforms stop so they make they have a whole department that makes Dude, stuff you for made the, this up for the military stop and the, lying for to the, the people police. they actually have something called assault pants <laughs> and i was like that's kind of sketchy but no they're for uh cops and uh uh and military dudes they have agents, government they're for agents of the state yeah they have government contracts like when you go to the leaf site you have to sign in with like your like military id or something to buy stuff i think how do you get the johns i think you can still get it at like um military surplus type places it's not like cheap stuff it's five times the price of anything else yeah but it's so fly so it's a lot of the same like fleeces and is this shells, for sale just on like various Gore-Tex. various of your favorite e-commerce platforms uh yeah you can just google it and buy some okay but it's like dope camos yeah blacks grays like slate grays uh just like tactical shades and patterns of pieces like not necessarily like ski parkas but a lot of the same arcteryx pieces that you know and love from your local outdoor retailer. What I'm imagining is different um, Canadian environs yeah. and then what the resultant camos might be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like sort of um, various like frozen tundras and stuff. Yeah. And the camos that could be that, that could yield. If this stuff is so fly. Arcteric leaf. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with um, uh, O-ring leather belt. The O-ring leather belt. I love so I buy mine from RTH, yeah. and they just um, the more you wear them, the more they get stretched out, and the longer they get, um, and they just get more and more awesome over time. You know, it's like uh, there was a menswear era where everybody was always talking about like how it gets better with age. Yeah, um, you gotta get a little patina on it. A patina, yeah. Um, that it no longer feels like the patina moment. Yeah. But in terms of um, of the leather belt that naturally just stretches and stretches and stretches. Uh, it does feel like it gets better with age. And then if at some point it's like um, tapping the tops of your feet or whatever, you can just <laughs> you can just cut. Just Make a cut bracelet. It. You just yeah. cut it. Um, RTH has all the good colors in those two. I got a blue one. And the best leather one. goods. Yeah. I'm going to take a second to shout out a homie, and he's also a vibe, but it's the legend known as Mr. Mort. Mordecai. Mordecai Rubenstein. I don't think he gets enough credit. It's funny. It came out the other day, and someone uh, – he was at like a the man show, like a, a fashion trade show. My friend was there with a booth, and I was like, "Did you see Mordecai and say what's up?" He's like, "Yeah, I don't know about that guy. Seems like he's a dick." <laughs> <laughs> Mordecai. One thing we can safely say about Mordecai is not a dick. Not a dick. Yeah. But that guy, first of all, he's got the passion. Yep. He's just out there uh, uh, discovering, and he's and he's been doing it. He's been at it for years. He shoots photos for us sometimes, but I just think like his social media feeds just give you this glimpse into like the streets of New York. He's yeah. always out there walking around, pounding the pavement, finding unique characters, and like in this honest kind of like like loving way. Yeah. This sort of like tender, personal. 
kind way. To me, Mordecai's personal brand. He's out there looking for what's real. Yeah. It's like he. It's like death to fake shit, and he's lifting the real. I just wanted it. Shout out to the homie. I think that's a great vibe. Thanks. Um, I'm recently getting into the new the new uh, series of Peaky Blinders. What do you call it? The new season. Yeah, the new yeah. season of Peaky, There's a new season? Peaky Blinders. Uh, yeah. I didn't even know that. Hot on your Netflix right now. Um, so my vibe is, um, I don't know if it's Killian or Cillian Murphy, but I love that dude. Yeah. He looks awesome. He's a great actor. It's a hell of a show. It's a pretty stylish show. Super stylish. Um, there, there, there were a bunch of heroin scenes in previous uh-huh. series, and they seem to just like have forgotten that he had a heroin problem, <laughs> which is, is, is a little bit like off target in the midst of like an American opioid ep- yeah, epidemic. Yeah. It's like, oh, heroin, you know, you could take it or leave it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm waiting for the return of the uh, his casual relationship to heroin. Um, that but, was one of like the more interesting narrative threads happening in the show? No, it was like a total sidebar. <laughs> they would sometimes just do these like really way too glorious um, uh, scenes of him just like smoking some heroin, yeah. smoking some H. Yeah. Um, and kids, if you're listening, stay off the opioids, man. It is like of any in any format. Heroin, those pills, man, we, you know, we leave that problem. shit alone. So, you know, I'm joking about it, but um, it is just one of those things where there's like, they 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 were they had a little sidebar narrative going on that they just forgot about. <laughs> that said, I'm into I'm into Killian Cillian Murphy and I'm into Peaky Blinders. Yeah, a lot of haircuts on that show. A lot of haircuts and um, uh, a lot of Nick Cave music. Yeah, yeah. moody. Um, my next vibe is upper body strength. What? Yeah. <laughs> A vibe that nobody in this room knows anything about. <laughs> I can't wait to see where you're going to take this. Last winter, I got involved in some rock climbing at my local climbing gym. Oh, uh, shit. And uh, I have some homies who are serious enthusiasts. They're out there doing the V10s and whatnot. And I started dabbling and, and enjoyed it quite a bit. And then I hung it up and just to skate and do other things. And it's winter again, and I got to get back in the climbing gym and, and get my upper body strength going. That's it. So do you current do you have upper body strength or do you not? I haven't heard I you mean, talk I about probably, climbing in months. I could probably I forgot about this. I could probably bang out like 100 push-ups right now. Okay, that's nothing. And that I'd doesn't throw matter. throw up and uh, have to go home 100 for the rest push-ups of the day. is fine. <laughs> I mean, if you're on the rock, can you like pull yourself up one-handed I could, and then and then lunge for the next hold? <laughs> How did I do? How did I do lingo-wise? Yeah, no, that was solid. I would no, I don't think I could do anything right now. I think my hands would hurt. I would probably do a lot of complaining. Yeah, you must need callous hands, right? Yeah, it takes weeks to kind of like get it going. I'm just imagining you and the homies at the at the rock. Yeah. And like one of your homies has already gotten to the top of the rock and he's looking down at you and he's just like, yo, man, pull up with one hand and lunge for the next <laughs> hold. And I'm just sitting on the mat drinking a beer, like yeah. looking at my phone. Yeah, weeping gently. I was never very good, but I got I got it good enough that I could do it. I could climb up some stuff. And I, I need to I need to get back out there. Um hey Sam, my next vibe is gonna be a reader question. What don't you have a reader question? What do you got? Just hurl it in. Reader oh. wants to know about shearling vests. What does he want to know? Okay, so there's on the, somewhere on the internet there is a picture of Noah and Sam wearing non-matching outer uh, facing yeah shearling vests, and he's looking for for somebody here to at the brand. I, my, no, I was I nominate Noah Johnson. My my vest is our legacy. Sam, what was your vest? 
best made co. Sam's is brown, mine's black. But we were both wearing shearling vests over Patagonia down fleece jackets. I mean, um, down jackets. One of those, one of those um, corporate moments that's equal parts awkward and awesome. There's a crazy thing that happens where Sam and I will frequently be wearing a version of the same outfit, which yeah. is mad weird if you know us because we don't really share much at all stylistically other than the fact that we're both just really good looking and well dressed. I think you guys would like to think you share less than you actually do. You think we do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm there's, sure we There's do. some commonality. That's what leads to the matching Johns. Um, so Best Made Co. and the great brand, Our Legacy. What do you got? I'm going to keep this going. The next vibe is you may remember on a previous episode of Corporate Lunch, we did um, style resolutions for the new year, and I resolved to be better at taking compliments. I do remember this. About my One style. of my favorite topics. And I was going to get better at, at taking compliments and, and perhaps even more become more willing to engage uh, educate people or just, just be friendly and, and normal and talk about clothes with yeah. strangers sometimes. Like, don't freak out if somebody asks you about your shirt. All right. My, this vibe is just don't ever talk to me about fashion. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you made improvements. <laughs> no. Uh, Sam and I went and got lunch yesterday, and I'm wearing a cardigan sweater. Yeah. Uh, it's a needles mohair, very hairy, uh, weird, argyle. weird kind of argyle sweater, but it's a cardigan sweater. We're in line to get lunch. If that sweater was in my size, I would rob you. I really <laughs> like that thing. Yeah. We're in line and a long lunch line at a very popular establishment in, in the Brookfield, a.k.a. Brookshields Mall Corporate Lunch Cafeteria. And the guy working behind the counter shouts over the heads of like, <laughs> yes. like a very large yes. crowd of like Goldman Sachs employees waiting for chicken sandwiches. Hey, man, nice jacket. Did the did the and record I, skip and the and whole room oh turn around and looked God at you? Did it? And I was. Just <laughs> he said, like, "Nice jacket." He said, "Nice jacket." Did you say, "Oh, really, man? This cardigan." I mean, I almost <laughs> lost it. I first of all, I turned and looked behind me because I'm like, "Who? Who's, who's got a jacket who's on? Wearing a jacket." And sure enough, he's talking to me, and uh, I just kind of looked at him. Yeah. For a while, and like sort of through my teeth, I think I said, "Thanks." <laughs> I couldn't like there was. N- <laughs> What's that? And then he said, yeah, he followed up. Sam reminded me with, when can I borrow it? I like, <laughs> That's actually funny. And at this funny. point, everyone is looking. And yeah, <laughs> this guy's trolling the shit out of you. He's just, he sees how mad I am, and he's yeah. just going to keep it going. Yeah. So um, unless you can tell the difference between a sweater and yeah. a jacket, yeah. don't fucking talk don't, to don't, me. Don't come at me. <laughs> My next vibe ends with a question mark, which is really not the idea of vibes, but I, I've really been struggling with um, the the daily bag. The daily yeah. bag. Yeah. So what's interesting is um, to hear most people tell it, we are living in a golden age of bags for men. Yeah. The it bag. Tote the, the bag. The it bag no longer belongs to women. It belongs to men now. Tote bag, cross-shoulder body bag. Yeah. Slash fanny pack, yeah. uh, dudes in the NBA carrying dop kit, fancy dop kits as bags. Even clutches. I just can't really figure it out. <laughs> I thought, can we take a second to workshop this? Yeah. Do you have any recommendations? <laughs> the closest that I've gotten, the closest that I've gotten <laughs> is um, just an actual black tote, like canvas tote bag, yeah. you know, unstructured, like yeah. promotional tote bag. Yeah. I've, I've found a real comfort zone with that. But then that kind of feels a little weak sometimes yeah. and a little like literally soft you know yeah um i have a a hot take on the subject let's go i knew you would don't carry a bag 
Wow. You don't need the pack. Oh, because you're so tactical. <laughs> it's just like pockets, pockets, pockets. All your gear should be on your person. It's just like I'm always on the subway and I look around and I'm like, all these freaking guys have all these bags, these backpacks. Yeah. What do you got? What are you doing? Right. One of my favorite. Oh, my gym clothes. I just like go keep your gym clothes at home. Keep them at work. You don't get gotta a lot carry them gym. around all the time. My thing is, um, you know, I'm kind of like a music dude, and I have like serious headphones. Yeah. I don't. I can't do earbuds. I will never do earbuds. Yeah. I hate earbuds. I have real like you know studio cans. Yeah. Um, so that alone is a bag. That's a bag right there. You can't wear a pocket. I mean, I guess I could wear just like wear them a, around your neck. Could wear like a front pocket poncho. <laughs> you don't want to be wearing them around your neck. That's crazy. I'm a big fan of the the unstructured tote, like the promo tote. Yeah. And uh, especially when you just like have your laptop loose in there. You yeah. know how much I love Kanye carrying his laptop in his oh, hand, just, like it's just, just like, a, you know, like it's a newspaper, just kind of <laughs> like to the two finger like laptop grip, yeah. like getting out of the car. I love that. And I also love just a loose laptop in a tote. Yeah. Oh, you got to put a sleeve on that thing. No, you don't. Yeah. You can kick that thing across the room. It'll be fine. All right. Well, I guess. I guess Sorry, so man. far. I got. No, you came in with a hot take, which was no bag at all, and yeah. I pr- I appreciate that. And maybe you'll see me juggling my gear from now on. <laughs> Bring it on home, Noah Johnson. Um, the last vibe. I'm gonna shout out another. Um, Let's just go ahead and call this the thirteenth vibe. This is the thirteenth vibe. I yeah. Meant. The thirteenth vibe is a podcast that I love. It's called the Nine Club. Whoa, what is that? It's I don't know It's a skateboarding about this. podcast hosted by Chris Roberts, who's a uh, pro skater, legend pro skater. If you don't know him, you should watch all the old chocolate videos. He turns out to be like an incredibly talented interviewer. He's very sensitive. He's very sharp. Yep. He very he understands what people are saying, which is a thing you have to be good at when yep. you interview people. You got to listen. He like listens and he gets the meaning of the words coming out of people's mouths. Yep. So he brings on various pro skaters and filmers and people, and they just tell, they basically do like an hour or two hour, they tell the story of their life, just like how they got where they are. Damn, deep, two hours. It's awesome. The last one I listened to was Alex Olsen, which was interesting, and then before that was Bill Strobeck, um, the guy who made like the Supreme Cherry video and has a long no, history. No, let's be honest. He made the Jonah Hill at Erewhon. Yeah. <laughs> he called right. Jonah Hill the Erewhon Don and then filmed him <laughs> taking a, a, a juice shot. That is, I Bill, forgot about that. Bill Strobeck has he does have some achievements. He's got that great series of photos that he takes in front of that in front of the yeah. like candelabras in, in his, his apartment. apartment. Yeah, he's done a bunch of Supreme videos I haven't seen, but the greatest achievement is Jonah Erewhon Don. That's right, taking like oh. a taking like a, a wheatgrass shot. Absolutely, I'm gonna go at, find that video. at Hollywood's trendiest supermarket. All right, that's going up on my Twitter again this week. Um, Bill Strobeck's story is really interesting. He's also from upstate New York, sort of, I don't know, dropped out of high school. I and mean, you should listen to it. It's, it's a it's a cool story of how he got to be where he is. And uh, the pod is sick. And I don't think I've ever shouted out another pod on here because, you know, Corporate Lunch is the only podcast that really matters. This is episode 20. I not, love to not shout not out too many people, vibes. Not too many people have done 20 of anything, frankly. That's true. And we've done 20 episodes together. Another 20 to come, guys. <laughs> Never fear. Oh, you know what I want to end with? Yeah. Let's call it, let's not call it the 14th vibe. Let's just call it a, a punctuation mark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I caught a little bit of Pulp Fiction uh, over the weekend. Yeah. I saw like 10 minutes of it. I, it was, I was flipping, I was looking for something on TV and I, and I, and it was the scene. Travolta was headed into Uma Thurman's apartment, you know, yep. the fa- the famous of course. scene. 
and she like whips out a camcorder and he gets all uncomfortable because he's like a hitman and he doesn't want to be filmed Mm -hmm. and she starts same she starts pelting him with questions yeah and the best one she asks is do you listen or do you wait to talk Just down the whole thing. Down it. Just here with the Air One Don. Oh my god. Dude, your face is bright red. That is disgusting.